Are you guys ready? Ready for gems? Yeah. Oh my god, we've convened. Yeah. We've got a quorum. Uh, we've got a we've got a gems episode, y'all. It's happening in five, four, three, two, one. Make April for some reason. Gems, go now. Mm. Oh yeah! Oh what? yeah, everybody! Oh no! <laughs> He's taking over. <laughs> Go for it, April Johnny. Fools. <laughs> oh, April damn, Fools. I'm not is. doing this. Oh, you got us so good. I can't believe it, Johnny. Oh, I'm uh, just thinking about WrestleMania coming up, and you, they got me. Yeah. Oh, man. Uh, yeah, WrestleMania is going to be good, but uh, yeah, I'm lo- more looking forward to Double or Nothing in a couple of months. Uh, it's Game That Tone oh, yeah. Gems. We're back in the house. It's April of 2023. Again, you know, it's funny. Like, you know, is it worse to be recording this late? Or is it worse to have been sitting on a finished recording for three and a half months? <laughs> like, you know, you tell me which one is the way to play this. Um, no, it's it's definitely April of 2023. It's your boy John Harrington here. Uh, we got John Regan with us. Uh, April Fool and everybody say hey. Hey. And we got Jesse Moore. Say hey. Hey. And David, sadly, couldn't join us, uh, which is a shame because I know we got a couple of David games in here, but it's all good. It's Game That Tune Gems. The uh, awesome Patreon-supported show where we listen to music from 30, 20, and 10 years ago. Uh, we got a hell of a lineup of wacky games, awesome games, released uh, April of 1993, 2003, and 2013. And, I mean, man, it's uh, it's a bit of a stacked show. I think it's a little top-heavy. It's a, I feel like we got a lot of 93 games to get through. So uh, let's just go ahead and get to it, man. Let's jump back in time to April of 1993. And now, Johnny, I didn't include this on the rundown before the show because I just wanted to catch you off guard with it. April Fool's on you, my friend. We've got a fantastic release starting us off in April of 1993. Something that I doubt you've ever come in contact with. It's, uh, I guess you would call it an arcade game. Um, But I don't know that it was uh, in any arcade that you ever made it to here in America. Definitely a Japanese thing. Probably short-lived. Uh, you can't really call it a game. It's the Sega Sonic Popcorn Shop. <laughs> so okay, so first of all, when you start this off with, it's something I've probably never seen, or, or I, I think I forget how you phrase it, but my mind immediately went to like, he's gonna say a woman's vagina. I just know it. <laughs> it's a pussy <laughs> game. <laughs> the longer that went, it's like it's something you've never had the chance to play. I'm like, right. oh god, <laughs> something that comes with hot buttery liquid dripping uh, out of it. <laughs> Sometimes oh no. it requires a maintenance man. Uh, <laughs> Sometimes you get stuck in your teeth. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, are we talking about popcorn or are we talking about pussy? Uh, we're talking about the Sega Sonic popcorn shop, Johnny. Uh, a thing that what exists. <laughs> God, I, I mean, that thing was so crazy. because It had, I think, three popcorn flavors you could choose from. Mm-hmm. Um, there was like butter. There was, I think, like a curry, curry flavor. Curry flavor, I believe, yeah. And pussy. And- <laughs> pussy drippings. <laughs> And I don't know what the last pair was. It was probably pussy. <laughs> Squirt. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, it's uh, it's a real doozy of a thing. I think it's very funny. You choose your popcorn, and then like you play a little chase game, and Eggman chases Sonic, and then eventually your popcorn comes out. Uh, or sometimes it doesn't. Uh, yeah, that, that's the beauty of it. There's not much music in it. So we've got 
Two awesome songs from the Sega Sonic Popcorn Shop. We've got the Chase minigame, and then we've got the awesomely titled and the awesomely composed Please Ask for Assistance. It's the song that plays when something has gone wrong with the uh, with the thing. I want to say you play it by just cranking a little handle, and it moves your popcorn yep. through the thing. And I think I read, like, if you don't crank it, eventually it just starts playing the song. It's like, you know, you need help. You fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> so from the Sega Sonic Popcorn Shop, we've got The Chase, and please ask for assistance. Dude, you fucked up. Yeah, you I think bad. Eggman just took a dump in your popcorn. <laughs> I, I think we just found our show's new game over music. I think so, man. That fucking oh. song that is rad and alarming. It is so good. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's so weird and upsetting, but it's like, oh damn, this is some funky music. I, I wish I had popcorn, but yeah, okay, I better ask somebody for assistance. Like, ugh, makes me want to ask somebody for assistance. It makes you feel like you need an adult listening to that music. Please help me. It's so good. <laughs> I fucked up bad, guys. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I, I tried to choose two flavors. It's a big no-no. Oh, oh, yeah. oh. Um, so moving on to a game that's actually in the arcades. Maybe, uh, maybe one of you guys played it. Uh, a little Marvel uh, arcade game uh, made by Capcom. Uh, everybody's favorite character. This character hasn't aged poorly in 30 years. Uh, I'm talking, of course, about the Punisher for you know, the arcade game, the Punisher, Jesse, you love the Punisher now, right? You got so, all those stickers on your car. Well, okay. <laughs> so if one, <laughs> you say the character has aged, you, you reference that he might have aged poorly. Maybe. And I would say that he has not. Um, but a lot of schmucks have taken his, uh, logo and, um, repurposed it for evil. Um, because. 
the Punisher is very anti-police. Yeah. So like Good when you him. see one of those skulls with the little blue line in it, it's like, no, the Punisher would shoot you. <laughs> so there's that. Um and two, uh, I don't actually have any Punisher stickers on my car. That's good. Um, if if I did, it would be like a picture of Punisher when he had those cool white like go go boots in like the seventies, when he had to like uh, uh like stop that meth lab in um, Riverdale when he met Archie and Jughead and stuff. That happened. Um, yeah, that was a cool cool book. Um, Whoa. Yeah, he went to Riverdale to stop some like meth dealers or something. It was great. Yeah, it's pretty um, dope. So, like, Punisher's cool. Now, is this the... I think there was one with, like, a little Uzi you shot, or is this the beat-em-up? This is the beat-em-up. Oh, yeah, this game is fucking yeah. tight. So it's like Final Fight or Captain Commando, but it's yeah. fucking you as the Punisher blowing dudes away. <laughs> and if and if you play two-player, the other person gets to play as Nick Fury. Oh, dope. <laughs> so it's it's pretty cool. Oh, yeah. sweet. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it, it's too bad it's not Ultimate's Nick Fury. It's old uh not, I, not, not that I have anything against white Nick Fury, but I've just become yeah, so no, used to Samuel Jackson Nick Fury. Yeah. Uh, it's a little jarring this to see is like white the Nick Fury. One. <laughs> right, exactly. Um still cool, still very cool. There's uh yeah, Nick Fury and the Punisher, just good characters. Yeah. And there were segments where you'd have guns cuz like, you know, you think of a beat 'em up punching people and you're like you're the fucking Punisher. He should be mowing suckers down. But so there are parts where you get machine guns and mow people down. So mm-hmm. it is it, it gives you a lot of different aspects of the Punisher character for an arcade game. Yeah. It's, it, it's a good game. It's good. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So you're right, Jesse. It's not the Punisher that's aged poorly. It's, it's the fandom and the understanding of the Punisher. Uh, yes. Like many things in society, it's only gotten dumber. Um, so uh, we got two songs from the Punisher. And uh, maybe you've heard of this, uh, you know, dynamic duo of composers, maybe call them the Punisher and Nick Fury of Capcom composers, Yoko Shimomura and Isao Abe. Uh, We've got Theme of Vengeance, stage five, and we've got the elevator, stage six, two, because every good beat-em-up needs an elevator.
and it's pretty, uh, I, I, you know, not like downbeat or anything, but, you know, pretty uh, kind of subdued for some uh, beat-em-up music. I, I'm guessing probably because he spent a lot of time popping off guns and, you know, killing motherfuckers. Yeah. So, like, you know, they took a little easy on the soundtrack on you. But, uh, you know, it's good tunes. It, 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 that Yoko Shimomura, she, uh, she has a future in video game music, I believe. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Um... You'll be hearing from Yoko again. One thing you won't be hearing from again is a little game that came out on the Super NES, a fighting game. You know, it was it was 1993. Uh, Street Fighter and uh, Mortal Kombat were big. Other other uh, fighting games were coming into their own. You know, your Fatal Furies. I don't think you had a King of Fighters just yet. Uh, but everybody was making fighting games. And uh, when I say everybody, I include, of course, uh, Lasersoft, a uh, fantastic developer, uh, making the Doomsday Warrior for Super NES. Um, it's, uh, for some reason, in Japan called Brass Numbers. I Ooh. don't know why that title, but it sounds, uh, somehow Brass Numbers sounds doper than Doomsday Warrior. Like, I don't know. It, feel, it sounds like some old school martial arts shit. Like, you know, like some five deadly venoms, like, yeah, brass numbers. Like, sounds like Wu-Tang would have referenced the brass numbers. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's a... Uh, <laughs> this, guy, this guy doesn't even know about the brass numbers. Oh, shit. You know, Johnny's about to hit us with some knowledge. <laughs> yeah, my numbers have always been brass. <laughs> um, but, yeah, this, uh, they, they put this game out on the SNES uh, online thing on the Switch. Uh, a couple years ago, and I played it for like ten minutes, and it's like, oh yeah, wow! Uh, not all fighting games are worth playing. <laughs> like this, uh, yeah. this is quite bad. Um, ten minutes. I'm I'm being generous. Wow. Yeah, okay. I might have given it ten. Uh, you know, probably less if you count the times that I would like rewind to undo an action. I do like that about the those online games. Like just run them back. That sucked. Uh, let's try again. <laughs> Uh, it's got a great, uh, roster of characters. You got, uh, you know, these names are fantastic to me. Sledge. Um, you got a guy named Laban. Uh, he, in <laughs> Japanese, his name is Ray-Ban. Um, and he's a soldier uh, and he wears sunglasses. Uh, you got a guy named Amon, a girl named Daisy, but she's actually half woman, half plant. Uh, a fat guy named P. Lump. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> An overweight martial artist who breathes fire and uses his long braid as a weapon. Uh, you've got a lizard man named Grimrock. Uh, I don't think he's a robot, so they avoided the uh, Transformers lawsuit. Uh, and you got a uh, liquid metal blob that can form weapons and uh, shields and things called New Form. Certainly not the T-1000 in any way. Um, certainly. No, certainly not. But, uh, yeah, it's just a, a hoot of a game. Uh, really, really crappy. But uh, P-Lump. P-Lump, baby. That's yeah, as clever as they can get. P-Lump and Lay-Ban. So, That's my rap uh, name. God, you know, Jesse, make it so. Um, we got two fantastic songs from Doomsday Warrior and composer Junta. We have, of course... Uh, actually, I'm not even going to say you know, Doomsday Warrior. We've got two songs from Brass Numbers. And Junta, that's better. We got fucking the theme of Laban and one of the boss themes, Shadow's theme, the left hand of God.
It's kind of wacky clownish music for uh, for a boss there, but uh, man, I you know, we got to really coordinate these playlists ahead of time, man. You know, P Lump would have been the play, but you know, Lay Band's uh, about as good. Let's see if Johnny's got a picture of P Lump. Let's see this guy. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh yeah, okay. he's pretty big. He's a pretty big guy. <laughs> he's a he's a hefty fella. He's P Lump. He is, man. That's uh, yeah, that's P Lump if I ever saw. Him. Uh, so moving on from that fighting game to a, uh, another fighting game, actually. And, you know, again, it's like 93, it's the fighting game craze, but this is already a second entry. We've previously talked about the first entry on the show. Uh, I don't remember if we talked about it on gems or just on game that tune, but you know, we're back to world heroes. Now we're in world heroes Two. world heroes, famously David's, uh, you know, hill to die on that. Uh, what is it? Hulk Hogan's not one of the most fearsome men of the 20th century. <laughs> uh, yeah. David's not here to defend that, so we're not going to relitigate that. But, uh, Jesse, did you play World Heroes or World Heroes 2? Um, a little bit. Um, they're pretty unremarkable. I mean, the the whole, you know, the, the juice of the game is the fucking, like, the time travel and the characters coming together. Like, you know, it's just, it's a wacky excuse to get a bunch of weird characters in the same game. Like, I think it's kind of cool choosing heroes from different eras and making them fight. It's like that fucking show that used to be on, like, Spike TV, the fights. Oh, Deadliest Warrior? Yeah, Deadliest Warrior! <laughs> that, that show fucking rules, it really man. Did. <laughs> they gotta bring like, that we back. We forget. That, that show was cool. And then they had the stupid little, like, acting afterwards, like the, the guy dressed as the pirate and the, the knight, and they had mm-hmm. some, like, weird thing going on. I love the ballistic jelly in that thing, and they oh, have yeah. the dudes like like crack into them with the different weapons, and they're like, "Yeah, this guy's fucking dead as shit." You know? Yeah, get hit in the head with a big spiked mace. Turns out you're dead. <laughs> yeah, guess what? yeah, we needed some ballistics gel to prove that. <laughs> <laughs> that show is so good. Uh, yeah. Oh yeah. So anyway, yeah, World it's Heroes Two, cool. not as cool as the Deadliest Warrior. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's a it's a fine little fighting game. You know, it's an SNK joint. You got people from uh, various uh, historical things. Uh, I think in this one they add in a pirate and uh, like a Viking fella, and then there's uh, Johnny Maximum, the football player. Uh, sadly, not based on John Regan, the non-football player. <laughs> but you know, I, I do kind of like Johnny Maximum. That's a fucking fantastic name. <laughs> so, Johnny, if you want to take that, it's yours again. Uh, oh, done. I don't think SNK's renewing these uh, these licenses. I think you now have the rights to Johnny Maximum. Yeah, um, I have a hard time seeing them re-releasing this game without some changes. Uh, like, you know, yeah. <laughs> I, I'm looking at this one character named Mudman, and this this seems a little offensive. <laughs> oh, Mud I forgot Man. about Mudman. Yeah, that's... Uh, <laughs> oh, what a character. <laughs> yeah, the, the revered shaman witch doctor. Uh, it's just like a giant mask with... Uh, yeah, it's... Uh, yeah. No thing. Yeah. Not based on any real specific thing, which is kind of the problem. You know, if it was in some way, like, really respectful to an indigenous uh, type person, it would be great. But no, it's just a giant uh, witch doctor mask that fights people. Uh, pretty great. Or not. Um, but yeah, so, uh, you know, I don't know. I, you know, for some reason, I queued up three songs from World Heroes 2. I don't think it's deserving of... Uh, you know, of a bonus beat, but I, I've got three anyway, so I got uh, three in the chamber, and we're going to do it. We're going to do uh, Eric's theme. That's Eric, the Viking guy. Uh, we're going to do Kid's theme, Captain Kid, the 16th century pirate. And then we've got Johnny Let's Dance, Johnny Maximum's theme. 
from oh, no, Mud Man. We're not doing Mud Man. <laughs> from World Heroes 2, from composers Yuka Watanabe, Hiroaki Shimizu, and Hideki Yamamoto. So let's uh, let's have some heroes.
All right, Johnny, as the new Johnny Maximum, do you feel like that song really uh, captures your essence? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, Have enough saxophone? What's that? Have enough saxophone for you? Um, well, no, in the sense that nothing ever has enough saxophone for me. Yeah, because like, cool, you're Johnny Maxim. You should be Johnny yeah, Max exactly. Sax. <laughs> exactly. If there's, if it's not just literally all saxophones, like, I don't want any percussion, I don't want any bass, yeah. I want bass sax, I want somebody just beating on a sax for the drum part, mm-hmm. you know, just all sax. Yeah. When people say, you know, Johnny Maximum, you mean Maximum Sax. So. Yeah. Yeah. That's, uh, that's the Maximum you're after. So, uh, speaking of things that are Maximum. Let's talk about the most maximum game that Nintendo ever published for the Super NES. The game that just, you know, captivated audiences and, you know, we all had to run out and grab this one. We were so pumped because the stakes were high. You might even say they were as high as the stakes in Las Vegas. Vegas stakes. Um, is this a grilling simulator? Well, no, Jesse. It's spelled differently. S T A K E S. So no, they're oh, you're not. It's so not a buffet game. Vampires. That is what it is. It's from dusk till dawn. <laughs> uh, but you're in Vegas on the SNES. Um, no, it's also not that. It's just card games on the SNES. I I don't get it. What? Like, yeah, it's just like why why did Nintendo attempt to put this out there for people? Like, it's it's probably just you know. It's cheap and easy to put out, but like, was the like, audience clamoring for just you know card games, casino games? You can buy a deck of playing cards. You could, yeah, probably for less like than a that. buck. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, Vegas, Vegas seems like a pretty good setting for like vampires. Yeah, uh, because you know, <laughs> like the casinos don't really have windows, so they don't have a lot of outdoor light getting in, and they're open all night. That's true. Uh, so that'd be a great if you're a vampire. That'd be a great way to spend your time. Yeah, <laughs> and all the old people are all taking a bunch of blood thinners. So oh like, god, yeah, it's just gonna be you know easy to drink. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And I was gonna say it's it's like well lit outside, so like the vampires, you know, I don't know, they can really see their targets, and you know, it's uh, it's all good, man. Vegas is the spot for a vampire. Um, <laughs> but. Uh, no, this is just casino games. Um, oh. you know, there is the fun thing. You know, the big finish for this at the end of the game, uh, if you've won like all the the money you can, you get to type in what you plan to do with your winnings. <laughs> and then uh, the game just tells you at the end, like, hey, that happened. You got the thing. <laughs> like, <laughs> what are you going to do with your winnings? Like, I'm going to spend it on pussy juice and Sega Sonic popcorn. And then the game's just like, hey, you got that. Congratulations. Got that. Here's the credits. You <laughs> pixelated picture of it. And you're like, whoa. Now, yeah, now if it was like a scribble knot situation where you type it in and the game tries to pro- like parse it out and draw you something, that's one thing. Yes. But it literally just puts the words across the screen like, congrats, you got the, you know, you saved your house or whatever. <laughs> you got yeah. your thing off screen. Yeah, <laughs> I'm telling you, you definitely you did. Uh, you know, in, your indecent proposal came true. Trust us. Um, but yeah, so we got two songs from uh, Vegas Stakes and composer Kimitaka Matsume. Uh, we've got uh, the theme of two different casinos. We've got the Golden Paradise, which is the piss theme casino. And we've got the shittiest themed casino. Obviously, they oh. couldn't have known back then, but uh, we've got a casino merely called the 2020. Uh, at the time of Futuristic Casino, in hindsight now, a horrifying casino. So let's, uh, let's do Vegas <laughs> Stakes. <laughs> 
Was there like a sample of someone like slamming a glass in that song? <laughs> that was like Johnny leaving. Somebody set a mug down too loudly and they were just like, hey, you know, sample it. That's good. Tink, tink. <laughs> you know, terrible <laughs> casino music, though. <laughs> uh, you want something that's going to lull somebody into continuing to gamble. And, you know, the problem, of course, with Vegas Stakes is it's on the SNES. There's so many other games you could be playing. <laughs> Uh, why would you ever continue to play this unless you were forced to? Like, unless it was a rental or like you know, your grandma bought this for you and was watching you play it, like with a yeah. gun pointed at you. Um, <laughs> you better enjoy this video yeah. game, son. Uh, um, but yeah, you could have been playing one of the other games for the SNES. Like uh, the next game that we've got, uh, a little game developed by, I believe, a rather large company. Uh, let me see if I'm saying this right. Is it Blizzard? Uh, you know. I wish. Yeah. Uh, bl- bl- yeah, it's Interplay and Blizzard Entertainment uh, present a game called The Lost Vikings on the SNES. Um, a game that I never played. But, you know, Vikings are cool. And, uh, I don't know, like silly Vikings that get lost seem uh seem charming jesse did you play lost vikings um yeah a little bit you're it's like you're three different vikings and you have to like solve like platforming puzzles and like each of the viking can, can do like different things mm. so like you'll need like one viking who can like uh put his shield up and then you can use him as like a platform to like climb up to higher spaces um one of them i think can like jump or something and and um and so forth but like Word. You just, you know, solving puzzles with three silly Vikings seems pretty fun. Yeah, so it's like an early, uh, like a trine type situation. Yeah, a little bit. A little yeah. bit, yeah. Cool. Johnny, did you ever play uh, Lost Vikings? No. You ever play any cooperative puzzle game of any kind? I don't think I have, and it sounds like a pretty fun idea, to be honest. Right. Yeah. Was this like one, a Johnny Could you game. play it? Uh, you could play it with more than one person. You could play it cooperatively, not just one person controlling all three. You could. I assume I don't remember. Plug in another controller, maybe even the, a multi-tap. The Genesis one supported the multi-tap. You can't actually play three people on that. The Ooh, Genesis I, had a multi-tap. Oh yes, <laughs> this is me just learning <laughs> that today. <laughs> the thought never occurred to me. <laughs> uh, well, good. Uh, it should support multiple people. But yeah, um, you know, uh, kind of one of my uh, my blind spot games. One of the things I feel like I saw on a shelf at Blockbuster a lot, and just kind of never pulled the trigger on. Yeah, you know, feel like uh, I could revisit. Seems like it's got a got a cute little sense of humor. I like you know silly uh, little Viking characters. Yeah, you know, probably uh, probably pretty fun. Blizzard, uh, they're probably not too busy making anything. They should bring this back. Yeah, you know, how about uh, they did in twenty twenty one. They released it as part of the uh, Blizzard Arcade Collection. Oh, son of a bitch! Yeah. <laughs> uh, also, yeah. There's a reference to them in World of Warcraft. Um, in one of the dungeons, you fight uh, these three uh, dwarves that all are named after the same Vikings, and mm. it's pretty fun. And Sweet. they do, like, different powers based on the stuff that they do in the, that game, which is interesting. That's cool. Blizzard's funny like that. Yeah, I like it. Good for them. Uh, so we've got two fantastic songs from the Lost Vikings and composer Charles Deenan. Uh, we've got the Crutonian ship, and we've got the factory beat. And I got to say, I did listen to a little bit of these uh, in advance of the show, and you know, they really just captured the Viking vibe. They really, you know, the sound really, they got that Nordic sound to them. So let's hear 
uh, two fantastic songs of uh, Lost Viking music.
Yeah, I, uh, you know, when starting that up, I was not expecting to give, like, Sonic CD a run for its money. <laughs> like, that's, uh, <laughs> that's some funky-ass shit, man. Like, I, I don't quite understand how it's in The Lost Vikings, but, uh, pretty dope. Pretty darn dope. And so, uh, we're closing out 93 with a game that was released on three systems. Guys, what a, what a big release this is. A uh, game that we've, uh, you know, for early listeners of Game That Tune, somewhat famously featured on our show. I, uh, I'm i not a person with strong opinions about this game. Um, but uh, it's a fun game. And that's all I'm trying to say about it. We're going to talk about a little puzzler for the Nintendo Entertainment System, the Super Nintendo, and the Game Boy. It's Yoshi's Cookie, guys. <gasps> yeah. It's pretty good. That's that's all I'm really trying to say. It's pretty good, Yoshi's Cookie. And you can match cookies, right? You can indeed match cookies, John. That's correct. Uh, I mean, has there <laughs> is there any need to say anything else? Like it's it's Yoshi's Cookie. You match the cookies. Goddamn, son. Goddamn, son. Uh, yeah, right. You are. Uh, do either of you guys have a favorite version of Yoshi's Cookie? Which system have you played Yoshi's Cookie on? NES. Yeah, okay. Kind of late in the game, NES. What about uh, what you, Johnny? You play the Game Boy or the SNES version? Uh, I played it on YouTube Let's Plays. Ah, okay, cool, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think my experience definitely also lies in the NES version. Uh, I can't imagine it's much different than the other versions, apart from, you know, the graphical fidelity. The buttons. The buttons, you know, the colors, maybe the sounds of the music, hmm? More cookies? Yeah, there could be, oh man, additional cookie designs. Yes. Goddamn, son. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it's a fun little puzzle game where you match cookies. That's all I've ever wanted to say about it. Um, you know, I don't believe there were a bunch of, you know, like Nintendo-made puzzle games, as somebody was trying to assure us the last time we tried to discuss this. It's, uh, yeah, Yoshi's Cookie. Pretty great. Uh, so we've got three songs from Yoshi's Cookie. In fact, we've got one song from each of the three versions of Yoshi's Cookie. So we're gonna do a little, uh, a little less plus uh, here. Three different uh, versions of a similar song. So we've got the NES game. We've got one player game type B uh, from composers Akira Saito and Noriko Nishizaka. We've got background music three from the Game Boy version of Yoshi's Cookie from uh, composers. I'm guessing these guys were, you know, the guys listed above were from Tosei, who uh, helped develop the game. And then from the Super Nintendo version, we've got the two-player bake-off from, uh, yes, composer Noriko Nishizaka. So, yeah, we've got three different versions of a song from Yoshi's Cookie. I thought that would be a fun little thing to do when something is released on three different Nintendo platforms at once, as was the wonderful Yoshi's Cookie. So, we're going we're gonna to close out 93 with some delicious cookies, and we'll see you guys in 2003.
All right, guys. How many of our listeners do you think actually listened to all six minutes of that Yoshi's Cookie music? I bet you uh, all of them. I bet you they loved it. It was oh, the yeah. b- best segment <laughs> we ever did. Um, real killer. Yeah. Speaking of real killers, Jesse, let's uh, let's move. It's 2003, and man, we got a Game Boy Advance heavy segment here, and we gotta start it off with something that I simply can't explain. A Game Boy Advance port, or possibly, you know, a a Game Boy Advance exclusive version of a beloved Dreamcast game. Uh, I'm, of course, talking about Crazy Taxi Catch a Ride for the Game Boy Advance, Uh, a game that apparently, uh, being told by my sources, does exist. Um, (laughs) Why? I don't know. Like, can a Game Boy Advance possibly have a decent version of Crazy Taxi? Johnny, uh, in your opinion, is that possible? Uh, I think if you somehow came with an interesting 2D version of it, you know, sure. Maybe. But, like, uh, uh, like what, a Crazy Taxi and kind of a like early Grand Theft Auto uh, kind of vibe? Top yeah, down? that'd be kind of cool. I guess. Is, is that what they did here? I doubt it. Uh, <laughs> it's the Game Boy Advance that they were trying to do. Uh, they were trying to do, like, full 3D fucking Crazy Taxi type shit. Oh, God. Yeah. That's where you fuck up. Uh-huh. I, I, I feel like, so, t- they made a really decent Tony Hawk game for right. Game Boy Advance, and it was like an isometric type game, and it was, it was really fun to play. If, I think if they did, like, some kind of, like, RC Pro-Am type thing, but with Crazy Taxi, that might have been... Uh, more acceptable on the Game Boy Advance. Yeah, kind of like almost like a rock and roll racing type thing. Yeah, yeah, there you go. I just I can't imagine how you scale down the city of Crazy Taxi to be workable in that design. But I don't know. Maybe you could. Um, it probably would be a little bit better than whatever this was. You know, from what I read, it's like you know they really tried to just miniaturize the arcade and Dreamcast version of Crazy Taxi for a handheld that can't handle it. <laughs> like. It's uh, it's interesting. They, you know, it's it's almost it's like a, you know, where's the where's the Bart Simpson holding the cake meme? You know, like at least they tried. <laughs> like, yeah, you know, and that applies also to the soundtrack. That's what's uh, so fun about the soundtrack. So you'd think they just uh, I don't know, take the Offspring and take fucking Bad Religion and run them through a really shitty filter and call it a day, but apparently they did not do that. Uh, I guess they had like a like a Polish or like Eastern European team working on this, and in uh, looking up the uh, looking up the fucking music for this game, I came across a video on YouTube featuring the soundtrack, and the first compose or the first comment was from the game's composer who has a Polish name that I'm going to butcher. You know, Wadzik Zitkowiak. Uh, he, he's the person that made the music for the Game Boy Advance Crazy Taxi game. And he fucking threw a comment up on these uh, YouTube videos saying, hey, I composed this soundtrack. Um, you know, these weren't pre-rendered, uh, you know, songs. You know, from what I recall, I used some downsampled guitar samples that I had previously used on Amiga games. When I was first briefed about the expectation, the producer said they wanted Blink-182, but on the Game Boy Advance. And at first, I thought it was Mission Impossible, but the results turned out to be not disastrous, winking smiley face. You know, <laughs> I like that just candor about composing this soundtrack. Like, good on you, Mr. Polish Game Boy Advance composing guy. 
Because, you know, it's not disastrous, but it ain't Crazy Taxi. So we're going to hear two songs. Oh, so go for it, Johnny. (laughs) I am 100% going to put this on Game of Tune Radio. I'm going to play some of these songs. I'm going to change my username to this Polish name. (laughs) Yeah, and put that whole (laughs) comment in there. (laughs) Yeah, leave a sticker. It's not disastrous. It's not disastrous. (laughs) Wink! So, uh, yeah, we've got two songs from Crazy Taxi, Catch a Ride, and composer Wojciech Zitkowiak. Again, I'm sorry for attempting to say a Polish name. Uh, We've got tracks one and tracks three. So let's hear these songs. It's maybe a little bit too, like, loud from maybe just the rip yeah. that I got or something. But, like, he's kind of right. It's not a disaster. Like, it doesn't sound necessarily, like, awful in the way that a Game Boy Advance soundtrack usually sounds awful. Which, again, is like trying to run something through, like, bad compression. Like, yeah, it's got a, it's got a vibe. It's, it's good. I, I liked it. Kind of works for me. You know, it's yeah. grungy. It's dirty. Um so Jesse, let's move on. You know, you were a you're a Game Boy Advance guy, so you can uh, you know keep us uh, you know keep us afloat in this segment. You know, because like I said, we got you know just Game Boy Advance bangers. Uh, you know, you're a Game Boy Advance player. You're an anime watcher. You know, it was 2003. You're 20 years younger than you are now, which means you were watching Hamtaro. I mean, I was watching <laughs> Hamtaro. Okay, good. See, I knew it. And you were probably then. Playing Hamtaro Ham Ham Heartbreak. I was not playing this, unfortunately. Damn. That's... I didn't know this would exist, probably. <laughs> right. I mean, 
Yeah, I wonder how many games, like how many Hamtaro games there are. I bet you there's a lot. Yeah, this Hamtaro is pretty popular, and and for good reason. Those hamsters are cute as shit. They are, <laughs> and I feel like they translate well to like Game Boy Advance type graphics. You know, oh, you yeah. Oh yeah. Probably crank those cute little things out and. Yeah, you know, just uh, throw them in some little mini games. You know, it's uh, yeah, they're fucking adorable. Johnny, Crank do you play? Uh, you watch Hamtaro or play Hamtaro? Ham Ham Heartbreak. Um, no. <laughs> oh, and also no. <laughs> you never, you never watch Hamtaro. You never got no you know, bamboozled into watching really adorable anime when we were fucking what juniors in high school. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's one of those things where I, uh, I look back, I'm like, I probably should have watched this. It looks like fun. Mm-hmm. But uh, I was too busy, like, trying to watch, you know, R-rated movies. and Yeah, true. Make, you know. Yeah. You making always... out with girlfriends. Ex- oh, yeah. Know. God. Johnny was getting so much pussy, he couldn't watch Hamtaro. You know, <laughs> yeah. This guy was just swimming in it. Yeah. <laughs> Ever since the popcorn shop. Clam Taro. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> some fucking some clam clam heartbreak. How about that? Um, <laughs> but yeah, uh, no, I uh, I also uh, have no experience with Ham Taro. That's uh, yeah, I, like I'm not I'm not against it. But w- back in 2003, I would have been like vocally against. it. I was too cool for this. You know, you couldn't uh, you couldn't convince me to you know pay any attention to this. But that said, uh, historically. I find hamsters adorable and sweet. You know, I own many hamsters. Many died. Um, <laughs> and uh, that's that's my ham-ham heartbreak. I, I assume this game then is about adorable hamsters dying. Yes. Why else would you call it ham-taro ham-ham heartbreak? <laughs> yeah, I assume you, you know pl- hamsters can die, like, suddenly. Uh, yeah, no shit, Jesse. I had several. <laughs> but, like, it's like a s- actual condition. It's, like, it's horrible. Yeah. Mine, thankfully, didn't just die abruptly like that. They're usually casualties of the cats. Uh, oh. Huge mistake to own cats and hamsters at the same time. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, terrible idea. But, uh, man, we could have a whole podcast about Ham Ham Heartbreak. Uh, yeah, that was my first real traumatic pet death. <laughs> fucking, I, oh, I did not handle that well. Uh, but we got two fantastic songs from Hamtaro Ham Ham Heartbreak and composer Satoko Yokota. We've got background musics 8 and 13, so let's hear some adorable ham-ham heartbreak tunes and not think about our own personal ham-ham heartbreaks. Yeah, that's kind of sad. Chose the fucking sad music.
Yeah, that's the kind of music I'm looking for from a Hamtaro game. Uh, let's keep it light. Keep it fun. Let's not think about the looming specter of hamster death. Uh, so, uh, moving on to a game that, to my knowledge, features no dying hamsters, uh, which is a positive. Uh, Jesse, this is one of the games that I was anticipating David being here for, because he's talked about it on Game of the Tomb before. Did you play, uh, Ninja 5-0, also known as Ninja Cop in certain other, uh, regions? No, but I've heard it's, it's really good, so yeah. I should probably check it out. <laughs> it's a, it's like a platform action game where you play as a ninja who's also a cop, you know, because nobody's perfect. But, uh, yeah, that, I don't yeah. like that. I mean, the ninja part ages well. Uh, I mean, you know, maybe that, like, mm. Mm. yeah, would you accept it if they didn't refer to him as a police officer? If it was just like, you know, ninja, like if they, if they took out the 5 0 or the cop part, but like you're still a ninja essentially in, uh, enforcing laws or like pursuing so justice. Batman? Yeah, Ninja Batman. If if you were Ninja Batman, would you accept this game a little bit more nowadays? I mean, Batman is... He's kind know, of pro-cop. Yeah, he is. He has friends who are cops and, mm -hmm. and stuff like that. I just watched The Dark Knight. It's uh, yeah. it's still great, but it's uh, a little pro-cop. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Pro-surveillance state and shit. Anyway, uh, yeah, Ninja 5-0. Um, uh, yeah, uh, a Game Boy Advance game that David's not here to talk about, which is a damn shame. Uh, it's made by Hudson Soft and published by Konami. Uh, we got two fantastic songs from composers Aya Tanaka and Hiroyuki Subaguchi. We've got Hostage Situation, and we've got Ninja Duel. I believe uh, in this game they just call it a duel, but hey, whatever. <laughs>
Alright, so that first song, Hostage Situation, leads me to wonder, Jesse, would you be more accepting of this game if it was Ninja Negotiator? And all you did as a ninja was negotiate the release of hostages from, like, another building on a radio. Ooh. Because, you know, the hostages need to be saved. Right. Rescued. But you're still helping the cops. See, oh, man, but, no, but like, that's the thing. The ninja says, you know, okay, away with you. I'm going to handle this. I'm the only guy so that the knows. Cops it. Leave. Yeah, they, the <laughs> cops go away. <laughs> okay, then I'm, yeah, I'm curious to see what happens. It's next, not like so. the ninja like gets the hostages clear, and then the sniper takes that. Th- they're like, no, no, no. The ninja fucking handles all the business. Yeah. What, or what if it's a whole just like ninja like vigilante police squad, like a, a like a private military force of ninjas <laughs> that do local <laughs> police work? I don't know, because then you get into like weird vigilante stuff and. A lot of vigilantes are kind of kooks too. Yeah, that's so, true. You know. Yeah. What if the what you if can't a, win? What if the you Punisher teamed up with a ninja? Oh. Hmm. And not the Daredevil. Well, <laughs> well, no, because Daredevil's not actually a ninja. Okay. But you know, Elektra is a ninja, mm-hmm. and and I'm going by comic book Elektra, not Jennifer Garner, because mm. that would just tank the whole idea. Mm-hmm. Um. But so proper Elektra. And uh, I think that'd be perfect. Okay. Yeah, cool. We found the right game. Uh, speaking of the right game, Jesse, this is one more Game Boy Advance game. I'm not sure that you've played it. Uh, I certainly haven't, but it's from a popular series. I believe this is maybe the last entry in this series. Uh, I say popular. It's been dormant for 20 years. Golden Sun, The Lost Age. What do you know? Um, I- well, first off, the there was a DS game. Oh, so- yeah. Dark Dawn. Fuck. I fucked yeah. that up. But, um... Either way, yeah, um, it's another dark, uh, Golden Sun game, which uh, has, you know, cool sprite work. Um, you have fun little magic things that you do out in the world with, like, this weird hand. Yeah, um, I like the big hands. But um, And there's, like, like, spirits that you use magic with and whatnot. It's a really good RPG series. Isn't this, so now that I'm remembering... Is yeah, it's Camelot RPG, and doesn't this one take place as like a side story or like concurrently with the other game, like the first Golden Sun on Game Boy Advance? I don't think this is a sequel. I feel like this fills in like another character's side of the story. Maybe, maybe I read that or heard that, but maybe it's it's been a long time since I played those games. Sure, but, but uh, oh, actually, yeah, it's right here on the Wikipedia. Sorry, picking up the story during the events of the previous game, the Lost Age puts the player into the roles of the previous game's antagonist. Um, oh, cool. Yeah, so you're playing the other side of the story. Because, uh, you know, there's many fine people on both sides. Thanks, Golden oh, Sun. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, what have you done? <laughs> no step on snack. Oh, yeah. John, play that new game over music. Oh, yeah. Let's go back to the popcorn shop. I'm so sorry, guys. <laughs> oh. God, that's good. We're going to play the whole thing whenever we oh, get a game over. <laughs> Um, but yeah, no, I think it's a cool idea. Like not, you know, not making a sequel, but kind of, you know, if you're telling an epic story, why not tell the other side of it? Maybe, you know, maybe a better comparison would be the Clint Eastwood movies, Letters from Iwo Jima and Flags of Our Fathers. Uh, it's, it's the Clint Eastwood Pacific theater, uh, movies of Game Boy Advance games. Would you agree to that, Chess? Or maybe like, uh, Torah, Torah, Torah. I have not seen Tora Tora Tora. How many? Oh, it's good. It's a World War II movie that kind of it, it shows both sides of the story. Right. Um, like it shows like the Japanese people planning the the attack on Pearl Harbor and whatnot, and, mm-hmm. and it shows like our response and stuff. And 
it's a pretty cool movie for back then. That's what, uh, I mean, Letters from Iwo Jima and Flags of Our Fathers. It's the Iwo Jima thing from the American and the and the Japanese side in two different movies because Clint Eastwood yeah. wanted more money. Yeah. Uh, cool, uh, cool idea. Just like Golden Sun with The Lost Age. And uh, with two fantastic songs from Motoy Sakuraba. Maybe you've heard of that guy. Uh, we've got Magma Rock and we've got the Mars Lighthouse. So, uh, yep, this age is lost, but maybe these songs will help us find it.
I guess I pretty dope battle music right there. Uh, that Motoi Sakuraba, he's, uh, he's got himself a future in video game music. It's funny, in 2003, he already had a prolific past in video game music. That guy's, a, guy's an old-timer. Um, so let's move on to a game that I think, I believe, we missed on the first go-around on Game That Tune Gems, because it came out for the Dreamcast, and I had overlooked it. But now it's coming out for a system that more people own. Not many more people. It's coming out for the GameCube. Uh, a little game called Ikaruga. Perhaps it's Ikaruga. I'm not actually sure. Jesse, I believe before the show you winced at the very idea of this game and said, fuck no, you never played this, it was too hard. Yeah, this is one of those bullet hell games. Mm. Um, I believe this is the one where you can switch between black and white bullets. And so, like, so, like, when you're shooting white bullets, you absorb enemy white bullets and vice versa. And so you have to switch in between white and black. And the whole time there's like the screen is just covered in white and black bullets. And you have to be some kind of weird, like computer brain to figure these games out, man. All right. So Johnny, then you've figured these games out. You played, uh, played Ikaruga and some of these other shooting games and you're great at them. <laughs> I did, but it was called the final boss of Sonic Frontiers. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so you played it pretty recently then. <laughs> Is Final Boss Sonic Frontiers a bullet hell? <laughs> there's a couple of bullet hole segments throughout Sonic Frontiers, yeah. Oh no. And they have <laughs> and they have a similar thing of switching switching between the black and the white and you absorb, you know, one or the other or whatever. Wow. Um very similar concept actually. That's really <laughs> funny. <laughs> huh. Wonder if they got the fucking uh you know, the treasure guys working on Sonic Frontiers. That'd be uh what a thing to find out. Um, but yeah, I remember reading about this and thinking, wow, that sounds fucking like wild and crazy and really hard. I'm not going to attempt to play that like period <laughs> ever. <laughs> like, it's, you know, this was a, this was the prime age for me to be like fully influenced by reading reviews and just being like, oh no, no thanks. Uh, <laughs> I don't have to play everything. That's cool. Um, so yeah, I kind of missed it, but, um, it seems cool uh, for the people that like it. It's uh, it seems like a highly regarded uh, you know, vertical shooter bullet hell game for the Dreamcast and GameCube. So, if you like it, good. If you're like me and Jesse and you've just fully avoided it, that's valid too. So uh, we got two fantastic songs from Ikaruga and composer Hiroshi Iuchi. We've got Chapter One, Ideal, and we've got Chapter Four, Reality. I wonder which one of those is worst.
like the music's really good. It's yeah, delightful music. But like, it's one of those games where like, how could you ever focus on hearing it? Like, how can you ever? It's you know, it's like uh, <laughs> it's like fucking Cuphead, man. Like I you know, I love everything about Cuphead except the playing of it. You know, wonderful game to look at, delightful soundtrack. I can't enjoy it because <laughs> I'm too busy getting my shit kicked in. It's uh, it's just you know, like how could you possibly enjoy this Ikaru music? I don't know, but anyway, uh, let's uh, let's take it away from the shit kicking and into the streets, guys. We're gonna finish with a little bit of uh, you know, a little bit of hip hop flavor on this segment. It's 2003. It's uh, man, it's uh, it's a great time for games with. Uh, a, little, a little rap influence and fantastic soundtracks and fun, just kind of arcadey, awesome gameplay. Uh, Want to talk about a little racing game that came out? You know, a little, uh, a little Fast and Furious flavor in this one. Uh, made by a little company. Am I saying this right? Rockstar. Rockstar Games. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I am saying that right. That's not hard to pronounce. Uh, Midnight Club Two uh, for the PlayStation Two, a uh, street underground street racing game. Uh, Mainly taking place at night. Hence, is, the, hence the title. Is this game about family at all? You know, no. That it didn't take that portion of Fast and Furious. Yeah, it didn't take the characterization. It took the cars and the customization and you know the uh, the street racing mostly. It, you know, it didn't really take any plot. <laughs> it's uh, it's a street racing game for the PlayStation Two. And I'm sad to say I never actually played anything from this series. I, I think I was kind of well covered on racing games. Uh, you know, played a was playing some Burnout things like that. Um, but yeah, like and also just playing Grand Theft Auto in general. I feel like I was kind of. I I think I thought this was going to be just like they took the Grand Theft Auto engine and made it a racing game, which to me at the time was you know like oh well I can't see playing a whole just racing game of that that you know. It's not the best for that. And it turns out, no, it's actually its own game. It's got, you know, more refined mechanics and things. I was fucking, you know, I was stupid and not paying attention. But it uh, it seems like a fun little just, you know, arcadey street racing game. Uh, I was watching a video of it uh, beforehand, and I like the, the little touch I like. It's a nice little on-screen touch. When you're racing in this game, you're kind of hauling ass, you're using your nitrous, you're weaving in and out of alleyways and, you know, whipping around corners and things. And... There's a little bar at the bottom of the screen that represents basically your rear view mirror, rear view mirror, and as cars get like closer to you, headlights get larger in the mirror and they kind of move to the left or the right. And it's kind of like it would be if you're driving a car and just kind of glancing at the rear view mirror the whole time. And I feel mm-hmm. like it's a good little intuitive thing to have on screen. To be like, hey, watch out. Somebody's coming up on your left. Oh, coming up on your right. Like, you know, or, oh, you're leaving these motherfuckers in the dust. Like, you know, it's, uh, I was like, man, I, you know, more games should have that little rear view mirror indicator. I thought it was a nice Agreed. touch. You know, just yeah. a little, little, you know, lights getting bigger, time to step on the nitrous, that kind of thing. Uh, but yeah, it's a fun racing game with, uh, with fun, you know, rap soundtrack from the Rockstar guys. Uh, we've got two fantastic songs. We've got Ride Out. From uh, the artist, uh, let's see, that's eight off, uh, eight off a gala and Ike Reyes, and then we've got Midnight Club Two, the theme from uh, Blue Warda. 
I feel like I'm just saying these in the worst way possible, but those are the songs we've got. So, <laughs> so you feel like you've lost touch with the streets when you're just reading off rap names. Cause God. All the time, man. Yeah, all the time, baby. <laughs> so here's some Midnight Club 2. Yeah. Yeah, let's ride out. Let's yo, ride yo. out. Do y'all want us to planet rockets now? Drop tops with the systems that shock the ground. Pips and the hustlers, the max is down. Hagalar is the man and he's back in town. Enough funk in the trunk, get it crunkin' now. Shake your ass, go up and down. Got pretty ones modeling, got them swallowing. Cars will up and all of them following. It's with Chanel, Versace, and Potterin. Thinking she fly, but the dress is $10 when. On my wild 2Ks, it give me 2000 in. Sneakers and boots in the clubs, they ain't allowing it. Come through looking sticks, a little fine policy. Got the mink on with the link on, I'm rocking it. Chris style, I'm popping it. Your bank, I'm stopping it. Don't think about cocking, I'm cocking it. We gon' ride out, out the back door, we slide out. Taking these bitches into the hideout, we gon' ride out. At the after party, we come uninvited, we gon' crash the party. Tennessee, no wet, Lamont McCarty. We control your emotions, we own your body, we gon' ride out. All the way to the end, we gon' do it now, just like we did it then. Let's ride out. After hours at my house, butt naked, just still getting busy on my couch. Let's take the center of the room, up from the crack of dawn of the afternoon. I ride out by sundown, spin the whole city with the circles I run round. Speed off, make the tires squeal, drive five different highs. Imagine how I feel. Extra, all types of narcotics in the hood, like damn, look where we started. Thrill seeker, overly anxious, eager. Pay attention, class, I'm your substitute teacher. Today's favorite feature guest. Cut the weak links off and we keep the rest. Cut the weak freaks off, keep a couple on stash. Grind and mash, we got it on smash. We gon' ride out, out the back door and slide out. Taking these dips to the hideout, we gon' ride out. At the after party, we come uninvited, we gon' crash the party. Inbound, I don't care to say. Chill with the Lord and gangsters all day. Uncle and all not disturb on doors. Hopping in six floors with lovers on the floor. How much you charge is not what I ask for. Front like you're large and then you wanna act poor. Front door back, we rushing the back door. In that shining. Around Jack, y'all. Nothing but bad, it's wall to wall. I swing from the neck while I grab my balls. It ain't hot, got them tips the flaws. Don't get for us, get for just if y'all. Pimps got to understand this pimping law. If you're a pimp in the game, what you pimping for? If you're a rapper in the game, what you rapping for? I rap to get money in the pack the floor. We gon' ride out, out the back door, we slide out. Taking these dips to the hideout, we gon' ride out. At the after party, we come uninvited, we gon' crash the party. Tennessee, Moet, Lamont, McCarty. We control your emotions, we own your body We gon' ride out, all the way to the end We gon' do it now, just like we did it then We gon' ride out, out the back door, we slide out Taking these dips to the hideout, we gon' ride out At the after party, we come uninvited, we gon' crash the party Hennessy, Moet, Lamont, McCarty We control your emotions, we own your body We gon' ride out, all the way to the end We gon' do it now, just like we did it then We gon' ride out We gon' ride out we gon' ride out. 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 Out the back door, we slide out. Take me to the hideout. We gon' ride out. At the after party, we come uninvited. We gon' crash the party. Tennessee, Moet, Lamont, McCarty. We control your emotions. We own your body. We gon' ride out. All the way to the end. We gon' do it now just like we did it then.
Attitude Rockstar Game Collabo Introducing your boy Water yeah, Come on man, let's go Team, Team Mars Yeah, get the car, man, I hear the cops coming, let's, let's go. go Yeah Danger on every curve, a problem on every block A murder at every turn You smell my drove burn, you see my tires smoke You know how I do, it's the midnight club too And I found that block, scope that car Check that wires, pop that lock The wire was chopped, the alarm gon' stop Way before the occupants of the residence Wake up and alarm the cops Up it now, that felony's on me So is the smell of weed, your ship is at level D You scared, and you pick now for telling me Wow, an hour ago you was harder than Styles P Listen, that's just adrenaline that is Stomach bubbling, make it feeling like an ish is Sit there, keep your eye peeled for the popo cuz Roll that dust while I hold that clutch Pull us out the proper RPM So you see the needle, he get a red and tie is 3 a.m. the last check and flag drop and they say y'all win I'ma pop every fucking piston in the engine Come on, yeah! Today's on every curve, a problem on every block, a murder at every turn. Yeah. You smell my drove burn, you see my tires smoke, you know how I do it's the midnight club show. Go! Today's on every curve, a problem on every block, a murder at every turn. You smell my drove burn, you see my tires smoke, you know how I do it's the midnight club show. The water, right. the WARA, TA, scorch courses, bleed freeways, take LA ways in the guards across in the finish line, just ahead of a black vulture. And I'm off to London, NY, Tokyo First prize, take the gold, toe control Slow, no, I'm in a tan Lambo Beanie, seats the same color as Linguini Ferrari, Bartetta, P. Carini With a broad stick, with an apricot and lolly Teeny bikini, smoking since Millie She hold my nini, she hold me down sincerely That's right. This is Wara, this is M-M-O-R Come on, team, game is the sponsor We running with Rockstar, the new monster The Cheyenne, the start a pistol and get this bitch Popped off, come on Today's yeah. on every curve, a problem on every block, a murder at every turn You smell my drove burn, you see my tires smoke, you know how I do it, the midnight club show Today's on every curve, a problem on every block, a murder at every turn You smell my drove burn, you see my tires smoke, you know how I do it, the midnight club show soundtrack and i like a game with some original raps in it man like something uh something about when somebody raps the name of a, a video game studio it tickles me just right you know you say fucking mm, mc2 rockstar games all right yeah cool fun love you uh great job blue warda i gotta stop saying these names um so uh <laughs> we're closing out the 2003 segment we're, we're keeping it with a little bit of that hip-hop flavor and uh a game that i think is actually 
pretty fucking perfect when it comes to almost everything it does. Uh, it's NBA Street Volume 2. I'm not even going to beat around the bush. Guys, did either of you play the NBA Street games? Uh, Johnny, did I ever bring this over to your house and force you to play it? I feel like this was a game I played with other people, not you. <laughs> yeah, not me, no. I don't it's think a so. good fucking game. Jesse, did you play any of the NBA Street or any of the EA Sports big games? No, I... I was, I was like, this is just an M- NBA Jam ripoff. Ooh, that's where you're wrong, I man. Know, I know I was, I was wrong. I was. I mean, it, you're, you're kind of right. I was young and stupid. <laughs> but I mean, they, uh, they, they did enough to set it apart. Like you know, at face value, it is kind of an NBA Jam ripoff, even though it's three on three uh, instead of uh, instead of two on two. It's got the NBA guys from the uh, from the time. It's also got uh, a set of like street legends, like these made up characters that I think they probably wanted to be actual NBA like legends, but then they either lost the rights to like Julius Irving or just decided to go a different way. Because uh, yeah, the, like the main guy on the game is like uh, Stretch Monroe with this giant afro and his fucking like you know perfect dunking abilities. I'm like. Was Julius Irving not down with this game or something? <laughs> like, it really seems like you wanted to say Dr. J. But hey, okay, whatever. Um, but yeah, it's uh, three on three street ball. You uh, you play a game of 21. It's not like you play a time limit and the highest score wins. It's you play to 21, you got to win by two. So it's like, it, it's real fucking, you know, it's fucking basketball the way we, we play, play it at the playground. <laughs> Shorts and skins. You know, that would be cool. But no, there's there's actual uniforms and things. You know, a lot of times you're playing as uh, an NBA team or, you know, you can make your own little team. Um, and yeah, it's got the, uh, since it's PlayStation and GameCube thing, it's got the dual sticks. And so one of the sticks becomes your trick stick. And so it's all about that and one type shit where you try to juke guys out of their shoes and fucking, you try to put together a long combo of jukes and moves and then either like alley-oop it or slam dunk at home and you score a big multiplier by doing more things. And eventually you can get a game breaker where the screen turns all like sepia tone and the hip hop beat kind of, you know, shifts a little bit. And then you can do like a like a plus three minus two, like a five point swing, triple dunk. Like the game's rad and it's just got a it's got a lot of personality. And, uh, you know, I had so much fun playing it, man. Um, how does how does it compare to Bill Ambeer's combat basketball? You know, favorably. Much better, okay. I would say. <laughs> oh. uh, yeah, one, Bill Lane Beer, not in this game. Uh, oh. I'm, I'm not too down on Bill Lane Beer, but uh, he's, he's my least. He's got a robot body in that one game. He, he's my least favorite of the Bad Boy Pistons. And that's saying something, because Isaiah Thomas was on that team. <laughs> like, fuck Ooh, those guys. Uh, you know. But yeah, no, it's uh, it's a really fun game. Just uh, you know, kind of easy to pick it up and play. And then eventually you're playing with your friends and you're just doing like the stupidest you know, jukes and, you know, all kinds of crazy shit going on. And it, like I said, it's just loaded with fucking personality. They got a great guy as the MC for the game. They got this guy, DJ Bobito, who like calls the action and like every reference he makes is just like a food thing. He's just, you know, yelling like a New York DJ. You slam the ball home and he just goes, macaroni and cheese. And I'm like, okay, yeah, I'm cool. This guy's great. <laughs> like, so, you know, they got, they got really good hip hop music in the game. They got a fucking, you know, enthusiastic DJ guy. It's uh, everything I wanted as a young hip hop head in 2003. So uh, that's our bonus beats for the segment. We got three fantastic songs from NBA Street Volume 2. I forgot uh, one of the key things introducing this first song. 
We've got the song Not In My House by Nelly and the St. Lunatics. Because, yes, you can unlock Ooh. Nelly and the St. Lunatics as a team in the game. Which is cool. Not as cool as in NBA Street Volume 3 when you can unlock the Beastie Boys. But, Nelly, you got to start somewhere. So, uh, you got Nelly and the St. Lunatics with Not In My House. You got a song called The Wurlitzer Track by uh, famed hip-hop producer Just Blaze. And then you've got uh, the song They Reminisce Over You, the NBA Street Volume 2 remix. It's just the instrumental beat to the song They Reminisce Over You by Pete Rock and Seal Smooth. So, a little sampling of what we've got in NBA Street. You got fucking, you know, guest raps. You've got dope original beats from famed hip-hop producers. And then you've got, like, dope instrumentals of fantastic old-school hip-hop. So... It's a great game and a great soundtrack, and we'll see you guys in 2013.
reminisce, I reminisce. Uh.
Guys, I could just keep listening to that reminisce beat forever. It's a great beat. Yeah, great jazzy shit. But we got to move on. We got to we got to wrap this piece up. And it's time, guys. It's Johnny's time to shine. Mr. 3DS in the house. Mr. Shin Megami Johnny. Johnny knows a thing or two about the fantastic 3DS game Shin Megami Tensei Devil Summoner Soul Hackers. I'm not going to say it any slower than that, Johnny. Um, yes, I love this game. <laughs> Um, as you know, I love hacking things, and there's nothing more ultimate than hacking somebody's soul, right? <laughs> it's true. Like, you hack the Pentagon, any idiot can hack the Pentagon. Right. But hacking but- a soul. <laughs> takes work, baby. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I have no idea what, game, what this game is. That's all right. Jesse, uh, did you play uh, any Shin Megami Tensei game? Well, yeah, I played a lot of Shin Megami Tensei I'm games. I'm softballing it to you. <laughs> yeah, okay. like uh, the Persona games. Oh, yeah, those. Um, I played, uh, let's see, what was the Devil Survivor? I think I played that one. Mm. Um, and uh, Devil Summoner. So, yeah, um, I played Devil good. Summoner. Um, is this one of the strategy games? I don't know. It's like a, oh, okay. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> uh, so this one, it's a uh, it's a remake of uh, a Sega Saturn game that was never oh, released in America. I definitely did not play this. <laughs> yeah, this one came out on Sega Saturn in 1997. It was ported oh, wow. to the PlayStation and then eventually to the 3DS. And so here we are. For some reason, they decided now was the time to release this game in America. Cool. Yeah, 16 years after its Sega Saturn release, they were like, you know what? America's ready to hack some souls. Um, and no, I believe it's just a, uh, like a role-playing game. I, I think it's, uh, yep. so, and Jesse, I'm, I'm sure that you, you know, love this game because it's got that fantastic first-person view that you love so well in role-playing games. Oh, it's one of those. Okay. Yeah. I think. Nope. <laughs> so yeah, not for you, huh? Probably not. No, that's okay. Probably has good music though. You know, it does because it's got. The uh, the Atlas sound team. It's got Shoji Maguro, who of course you know does the Persona stuff. It's got Toshiko Tazaki. It's got Sukasa Masuko, and uh, on the 3DS it's got Ryota Kazuka. So let's Ooh. hear two songs from Shin Megami Tensei Devil Summoner Soul Hackers. We've got the Akane Mall, and we've got the Common Battle. Uh, I don't see why you need to battle him. He's a perfectly mediocre rapper. But let's hear the song. <laughs>
It's uh, it's pretty good, man. Pretty good RPG battle music. And, you know, like for as much praise as I just, you know, kind of put on those guys. Uh, in my time of listening to Shin Megami Tensei music, usually on GTT radio, I'm not a huge fan. So, you know, it's actually pretty good as uh, as this series goes. I need to listen to more and play more of it. But anyway, Jesse, let's move on to the Wii. Johnny never owned a Wii, so I'm counting on you on this one. You were one of those guys, you were one of those late Wii guys that were just clamoring for those Japan-exclusive RPGs that we all wanted. You know, we were just struggling for RPG and content in general on our Wii. And so you were, uh, you were just begging for Pandora's Tower. And you eventually got it. You got it in April of 2013. Well, I, I probably was uh, wanting to get it, but that game was even rare when it came out. Like, very <laughs> limited release, so mm-hmm. I never saw it anywhere. Um, so I didn't get to play it. Yeah, it's uh, pretty wild. It came out in uh, Japan in May of 2011, and then didn't come out here until uh, April of 2013. So they waited almost two full years before they listened to fans like you and brought Pandora's Tower over to uh, to America. Johnny, do you have any idea what I'm talking about? These late uh, Wii RPGs? <laughs> no, I, I do know there was some late Wii RPG that required you to plug in the USB stick to add more storage or something like that, but I don't think that that, that was in this game, was it? Oh, I don't know, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds, I, I feel like that actually, that might be right, because I feel like like the everybody was asking for these, and at some point, somebody had to be like, listen, we shouldn't have even made these for the Wii. Like, these barely like run 30 frames per second. Like, you guys, you know, you can have it, but here, it's just not going to be perfect. But, you know, maybe I'm wrong. Um, they, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, you know, I don't really know, uh, the much Project about rainfall or something. Yeah. Operation rainfall. Yeah. Um, you know, that's this the, that's Xenoblade the name of the fan Chronicles. campaign. You know, like they wanted fucking Xenoblade Chronicles. They wanted the last story. I'm yes, glad the story. I'm glad the Xenoblade Chronicles has turned into a viable series that people, you know, seem to like and Nintendo keeps on publishing more of them. That's dope. But, uh, the last story lived up to its name. And uh, <laughs> then you got fucking, you know, this one, the other one. So, you know, the rain had passed. Pandora's Tower, that was that. Everybody asked for it. They got it. A few people got it. <laughs> and, uh, you know, that was that. I guess, and they did, uh, they eventually put it on the Wii U eShop. So, you know, 10 more people oh, could play it. <laughs> let me go get that, right? Uh, yeah, uh, let me go boot that up and download. Oh, yeah, shoot. Uh, <laughs> they should probably just keep porting that forward. Yeah, I uh, I know nothing of how this game is controlled, but I bet you you can play it on the Switch some way or another. Um, but anyway, we got two fantastic songs from the Pandora's Tower, Pandora's Tower soundtrack and composer Takeyuki Kobara. We've got Mavda's theme and we've got the main theme of Pandora's Tower. So let's, uh, you know, much like you do with Pandora, turn on some music from Pandora's Tower.
say i'm a bit of a sucker for the fucking like the yelling chorus of uh of guys it just it puts things in a very serious uh serious headspace you know makes the th- makes the game seem very epic chanting and you know i assume latin johnny you speak latin what were they saying there uh they're saying uh always hit the pussy juice button <laughs> in the sonic sega <laughs> popcorn arcade game <laughs> God, that's uh, that's only if you play it backwards, Johnny. That's not the <laughs> that's not the like the actual text of it. It's all subtext. Um, God, man, what a what a game! Pandora's Tower just overflowing with pussy juice. <laughs> uh, I'm glad we're bringing that back just in time to wrap the show up. Okay, so uh, we got uh, just a few more games. David's not here for either of these, which is a disappointment because I love love getting David all riled up. By bringing up injustice, gods among us. Uh, Jesse, do you want to get as angry as David does towards injustice, gods among us? Um, I guess I could pretend. Let's see it or hear it. Um, God damn it! Oh, this game gets gets me so upset because like Superman would not do any of this shit. He he would not fall for any of this, and like Batman is just. They they really fuck Batman up. The Flash is they make him just stupid. Like he's like Ezra Miller's in this game or something. <laughs> like oh I just oh I hate it. Oh I'm gonna go draw Superman naked and he's gonna be way better. Yeah okay cool that's you, you got the gist. Yeah I feel like David's complaints usually are about like I don't know. Somehow DC characters can't have like alternate versions of them or something, or he just you know, or he recognizes they can, but 
doesn't care and wants to get angry about it. <laughs> like, you know, why would they make a game in which Superman wears body armor? He's Superman. I don't know, man. This is a fucking game. And people like cool looking shit. Superman wearing power armor is kind of dope. Um, yeah. And these games are like good and well received. People like these games. They've continued to, you know, make things. Uh, this is the Mortal Kombat engine. So they're still using this shit. It's good. You know, what I don't like is when you have a Superman game. If Superman's not around, every character should be asking, where's Superman? Uh, yeah. Uh, they never do that. They don't. And they should be worried about it, because, like, in this one, he's so powerful. <laughs> like, he can just come <laughs> crashing in and ruin all the fights at any second. Like, if there's a moment of downtime in the fight, like, if, you know, you, if it's fucking, you know, Lex Luthor and Batman squaring off against each other and nobody does anything for a second, they should both be like, fuck, man, is Superman coming? <laughs> I'm worried. And then they go back to fighting. You know, Superman, eventually, maybe he comes, maybe he doesn't. You know, it'd be great if Superman, <laughs> you know, since it's made by the, the Netherrealm guys, if Superman was the toasty of uh, fucking Injustice. Ooh. He just keeps popping up and, you know, taunting people. That'd be pretty good. Um, but yeah, I believe David's complaints in this also lie in, like, entirely too much Batman content. Like, there's all these different levels, but, like, half of them are the Batcave or, like, Bruce Wayne's house or... Fucking the streets of Gotham. It's it's a little Batman heavy. Um, but I don't know. I uh, I have no complaints about this because I'm indifferent towards DC. <laughs> it's, you know, want to talk about things that haven't aged well in 10 years. How about DC? <laughs> like, damn, they're really not doing great. So maybe, you know, maybe they need to get back to the injustice. Maybe, uh, maybe you know, 2013, we didn't know how good we had it. Um but we got two fantastic songs from uh, Injustice, Gods Among Us, uh, from composers Dan Forden. That's right. Still the original Mortal Kombat composer, Dan Forden, and Rich Carl. Uh, we've got the Temple of Themyscira. That's right. There's there's Wonder Woman stages. And we've got the Fortress of Solitude Menagerie, the uh, sex room in the Fortress of Solitude. A little bit yeah. oxymoronic, given that it's the Fortress of Solitude. But, you know, it's Superman. He does what he wants, baby. So... Let's uh, let's have a little super menage.
God, that is really good sex room music. Like you know, the, the regal <laughs> horns blasting. Just yeah. Oh man, that's uh, that's Superman's fucking music right there. Um, great, great tune. So uh, another one that I thought maybe David would have played, but maybe maybe Jesse's played it. You know, maybe Johnny's played it. Johnny owns a 3ds. Johnny loves armadillos. Johnny loves cowboys. Uh, Johnny, you play any of the Dylan's Rolling Westerns, particularly, I believe, the last, uh, entry in this series, Dylan's Rolling Western, The Last Ranger? Uh, it's interesting they put the word last into their last entry. Like, do they know this is going to be the last one? I feel like they, it was a self-fulfilling prophecy. <laughs> but hey, who knows? Maybe they could fuck it up like Indiana Jones and come back a few more times. <laughs> so, no, I, I've not played this game. Is, is this like Super Monkey Ball, but with armadillos? Don't you wish? Um, <laughs> no, I don't believe that's what it is at all. Uh, Jesse, did you play any of the rolling westerns? I played the first one a bunch. Yeah, pretty fun. Oh yeah, real fun. Um, it was like a little bit of a, like a Zelda-ish game with like walking around dungeons and stuff, but then also like tower defense, mm -hmm. and um, it was pretty fun. It was a cute game. I liked the character. Yeah, I mean, it's an armadillo wearing a cowboy hat and a bandana. He rolls up and hits stuff. Yeah. Dope. He's got a little Sonic to him. A little know, bit. Rolling around, you know, I, I didn't measure the speed, but it, it was close to the speed of sound. <laughs> you know, he catches on fire and hits things. Like, he, you know, yeah. he's big timing people with that roll. Um, you got to be going pretty fast to catch on fire. I'm saying. And to survive it? I mean, you know, powerful, yeah. powerful uh, armadillo. Uh, Jesse, Dylan, better or worse than Mighty the Armadillo? Well, Mighty doesn't have his own series of games. That's true. And he looks nothing oh. like an armadillo. Yeah, that's true. He too. looks like Sonic, but with like well, the wrong hair. Well, Dylan definitely looks like an armadillo. Yeah, he's definitely an armadillo. Johnny, same question. Can you repeat the question? Which is the better video game armadillo, Dylan or Mighty? Mighty. Easy. Really? Easy. Yeah. Really? Yeah, one. He's super rare. Okay, so if you're oh. playing a game with Mighty, you're playing a real, like, you know, great game. You're either playing uh, the Sega Sonic, Sonic the arcade not, game or Sonic yeah, Mania. Yeah, right? Popcorn Machine <laughs> yeah. or Sonic Mania. That's it. End of list. Oh, no, or I'm sorry. Knuckles Chaotix. He wasn't oh, that as okay. well. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. Wow. It's true. You could be playing Knuckles Chaotix. Um, that, I don't know that that makes Mighty better, but... Um, yeah, maybe it maybe it's the company you keep. Dylan doesn't have Sonic as a friend. Mighty, you know, he's uh, he's in there. But I don't know, man. Uh I kinda wish uh kinda wish this has stayed a series. I like uh I you know, I would like games featuring a cartoon armadillo that are on systems that I currently own and can like show to my kid. And, you know, games that I could like download easily and not have to like boot up a three DS and I don't think even, you know, the 3ESE shop's gone. Like, the, the, I don't know. They made physical releases of this. So, I think Dylan's dead. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's a damn shame. Up. Yeah. It's, it is really fucked up, man. Like, I, you know, I don't see the downside in just leaving those shops up for people that still own these systems to eventually go give you a few bucks. Like, you know, if I ever show this yeah. to my son, he's going to think it's really cool. And then I'll have to tearfully explain that, Ar that Armadillo is dead. And you'll have to play his... <laughs> You know, play this other game with an armadillo that's just Sonic. It's all it is. <laughs> but Dad, why did you show me this? Yeah. <laughs> it was so cool, son. <laughs> so, 
So, uh, yeah, we got two cool songs from Dylan's Rolling Western, The Last Ranger, and composer Kiyoshi Hazamoto. Uh, we've got the dual music and we've got the battle music. So let's hear, let's pour one out for, for poor old Dylan and his, uh, his dormant 3DS series. Thank you. 
I like it. I like uh, I like the Western influence. You know, it's good cowboy shit, man. Dylan, he's uh, he's. I'd say he's one of Nintendo's greatest cowboys. It's a Probably. it's not a long list. Um, yeah, it's Dylan. It's uh, the guys from the shooting gallery games on the NES. Uh, let's see, what other cowboys has Nintendo had? Uh, Gunman Clive. Gunman. That's not Nintendo. That's a that's oh, okay. you know just some cowboy. That's a you know some like Swedish cowboy. I'm talking Nintendo. Oh, the the dad from Mother Three. Uh, you know he's a cowboy. Um, you know Nintendo doesn't do enough cowboy shit. They should. Uh, you know, they should, they, you know Nintendo really gets uh, the American Old West. It's a thing they understand. Oh, oh the the cowboy uh, like dueling games and Kirby. Those are a thing. So. Anyway, I've unintentionally ended the show with a little back-to-back, a uh, little Western flavor. I uh, I didn't realize it at the you know outside of the show, but I, I like it. I'm gonna finish with uh, another game, not so much cowboy, but it's still got that good uh, Western, that Spanish guitar, that great fucking sound, and uh, this game, a fun little game that I know Jesse's played, and uh, I think it spoke to him on a spiritual level. Um, talking about guacamelee. Oh man, this game rules. Mm-hmm. Um so this game is a uh Metroidvania in which you play as a luchador, um a masked luchador, which is um even better. Um you get you get killed and uh you you actually come back to life as a luchador and you're trying to save the pres El Presidente's daughter um from um this like skeleton guy. Um who I think works for the devil and uh, it's really fucking good. Um, You learn these cool like suplexes and fight chupacabras and skeletons and, and uh, have like these flying uppercuts and elbow drops. And it is such a cool game. It looks beautiful. The music is just, just fantastic. You turn into a chicken, like instead of, you know how Samus turns into a, a ball in this game, you turn into a chicken. And instead of bombs, you lay eggs, and uh, <laughs> there so are bombs. It's, it's, yeah, yeah, they they blow up too. Coincidentally, um, <laughs> and it is it's such a great fun platformer. It it gets difficult, but like I like the game so much, I still beat it. So it was easy enough for me to beat it. But there's some like um, situations where you have to like phase in and out of like like the living world and the undead world, like yeah. while you're making jumps. So like certain like things that'll hurt you exist in like the, the living world. And so you have to like phase out, then jump back in. And it's like, you gotta press some buttons and some weird orders, but it is a fun, fun game. Uh, the writing is pretty silly. There's like this old man goat guy that is always talking shit. Um, <laughs> it's, it's just a delightful game. Yeah. Uh, there's, some people give it shit because there's like silly like references to memes in the background or like there's like a, a grumpy cat and it says like lo siento or something and people are like oh you can't have internet humor in my video game and i'm like fuck off the game is fun yeah. if you want to show me fucking sad face troll or whatever go ahead i don't care this right. game I, hate, I hate walking by a, a fucking meme reference in my game <laughs> Just put, you know, took me right out of the world. I really felt like I was in the world of the dead as a luchador. And then, you know, somebody reminded me of 
fucking salad fingers and it blew yeah. the whole thing <laughs> wide open. <laughs> Just blew the fantasy. <laughs> Fuck that. Uh, every one of those references is, you know, like delightfully stupid and like tongue in cheek and on the nose. It's just, it's very funny. Um, really fun game. I, uh, yeah. I never did finish it, but I thought it was really cool. Like it's a Lucha, you know, like you said, Metroidvania. And like, as you unlock moves, it adds to your platforming like skills. So you can clear larger jumps and like jump higher and shit. It's just uh it's a fun exploration game where you play as a, play as a Lucha guy. Like, uh, I, I was happy for you when this came out, Jesse. <laughs> it's so good. Yeah. So good. Super dope. Um, and so we're going to close out with uh, with a big old block of guacamelee, you know, since you're shifting between that uh, that living world and the world of the dead. I thought, you know, there's two versions of every song and they've got a little difference to them. So we're going to do a little extra. I'm going to do a little extra editing on this. We're going to have three songs, but we're going to have the both living and world of the dead versions closing sound. So. Oh. From Guacamole, we've got from composer Ram DePresco, we've got Pueblucho, we've got Forest Del Chivo, and we've got the Tule Tree. And that's going to do it for uh, this edition of Game That Tune Gems. Uh, super appreciate everybody listening. Uh, anybody that is listening to this in the future, say in, I don't know, July, August or so, I'm sorry this was so late. But, uh, you know, it's just how it goes. Sometimes April takes a long time. Um but, you know. Yeah, she does. Oh, no, tell me about it, man. <laughs> Popcorn <laughs> shop. So, you know, somebody needs to ask for assistance. Um, you know, fucking, you know, Jesse, Johnny, thank you guys so much for uh, for joining. And, uh, yeah, uh, let's close out with three fantastic songs from Guacamelee. Thank you all for listening to Game That Tune Gems, and we'll see you, uh, see you next month for another fantastic edition. Peace out, everybody.